Thank you for everyone that has come here to participate with us in our youth takeover. Didn't they do a good job this morning? Give them a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To our pastor and pastor's wife, thank you for allowing us this opportunity. I say it every time I get up here, but we're grateful and we never want to take it for granted. You don't have to stand this morning because it's just one quick, very short scripture, but I want to I take time and I know it seems like I'll be chasing a rabbit trail this morning, but I, I want you to stick with me. I want you to... I want you to listen. I want you to pay attention closely of the story that I'm going to read and the things that I'm going to say. And I'll promise you I'm not in left field. I promise you I'll bring it back to tie it in at the end. But in John 4 and 24, it simply says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. Somebody say spirit. Spirit and in truth. Everybody say truth. Truth. Amen. Lord, we thank you, God, for this time together. I pray that you'll touch us, God, that you'll anoint us, Lord. Bless the furthering of this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There is a man in history, a very famous man. Some may know him, some may not. But his name is, and I'm going to pronounce it the best that I can. I didn't give this name to the media on purpose because... I know I'm butchering the name, but you don't know how it's spelled, so you can't tell the difference. <laughs> but I'm going to call him Carol Takis. He was a famous sharpshooter training for the Olympics in the year of 1936. And he was so good, he could do so many tricks and a number of performances that were just simply astounding, even with today's professionals. Unfortunately, life dealt him a terrible hand and he was a part of his state's uh, uh, local military group and he was injured in a training accident that resulted in a grenade actually causing him to lose his shooting hand. And he was left at that point, at that point in that moment in his life to make a decision. Do I continue to train? As he began to ponder for days and weeks in the hospital, do I continue to try to train for this Olympics or do I allow my obstacle to set aside my hopes and my dreams? From 1936 to 1948, he made up in his mind that he would practice every single day. For 12 years, he practiced with his less dominant hand until the year of 1948, where he successfully won two Olympic gold medals. He pushed past the physical pain and the mental problems that said, you will never be able to do it. You'll never be able to accomplish that which you set for now because of something that happened to you along life's road. He was truly an overcomer. He was persuaded that he could do and be what he desired to do. He decided that his dream was worth his time. Webster's Dictionary describes worship. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, worship. That's my title this morning, worship. 
Webster's Dictionary describes worship as an honor given to someone in recognition of their merit. An honor given to someone or something in recognition of their merit. When you talk highly of someone, when you pat someone on the back for a job well done, when you pet your dog or your cat and because of good behavior, that is a form of worship. So to me, if that is true, then that means worship goes deeper than coming to church and lifting my hands at the altar. It's more than me simply saying my little elementary thank you Jesus prayer before I close my eyes at night. But if this is the true meaning of worship, then that means I have a direct line with the master and I have to stay in touch and I have to stay connected with my everyday life and my every waking moment from the time I awake to the time I go to sleep at night. I have to establish a connection in my life with him that says, God, I'm going to live this way today. I'm going to act this way today because I want my life to consistently honor and worship you because you deserve merit. You deserve the recognition, God. So whatever I have to do, that's what I will do. Because I don't want to worship in just words, but I want to worship with my whole life. I want my life to mirror everything that I do because by definition, that is true worship. Worshiping God with your whole heart sounds so good. It sounds so easy. It sounds so simple. It sounds like it's something that I want to be a part of. Why not? Why not? I'm here. I I have breath this morning because God give it to me. I'm able to walk out of my house that God has provided for me. I'm able to get in my vehicle that God has provided for me because of a job that I have that God provided for me. And, And I'm here today dressed the way I am because God has provided for me. So why not worship? Why not worship? But quite frankly, it's easy to say. And it's easy to get behind. But the thing about worship is that it's often needed and required at the most inconvenient, the most inconvenient and inopportune times in our walk through life. Worship is required at the most inconvenient and inopportune times in our walk with God. So I began to study this out and I realized that I may find worshiping God with the way I talk and the way I dress and the way I conduct myself kind of inconvenient at times because I know people will make fun of me and I know people may poke fun. I know many people may sticker behind my back and, and it's not always convenient to be on the short end of the stick. But then I began to realize that worship can't get more inconvenient than Job's situation when he literally said, talking to God, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's true worship. 
When you have everything stripped away from you and you have everything torn away and, and there's no family and, and everything that you worked for and everything that you have has been completely stripped away from your life. But yet you're standing there on your knees and you say, God, I don't know what I've done to deserve it. But Lord, you know greater than I know because your thoughts are greater than my thoughts, God. And, and, and Lord, though you slay me, I will still I will still trust you. Or perhaps, maybe if that's not a good enough story for you, maybe the three Hebrew boys that said, I would rather be cast into a fiery furnace than I had bowed down at any other gods. I would rather walk through fire and be burned alive than I had bowed down before any other false god. But you don't understand it's difficult to worship when you're all alone. It's difficult to worship and it's difficult to live that life of worship when you have no one to talk to about your problems. It's difficult to find myself on my bedside at night and begin to just praise and worship whenever I'm going through the situations I'm going through alone because of a lost loved one or a broken heart. It's hard. It's difficult to do that. But John, despite his exile to Patmos before Revelation, all on his his own in a land filled with criminals, and you can go and study out the Isle of Patmos, filled with a land of of, of just criminals and murderers and and, 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 and those that steal and, and, and those that curse and, and have such a terrible life, that's where they were brought to is to the Isle of Patmos. And here is the last disciple alive. But yet despite his loneliness, he realized somewhere down the road that there was a job that had to be carried out. That is Worship. That is worship. And because of his worship, we have one of the most detailed and prolific books in the Bible because of one man that stood up and said, despite my loneliness and despite my situation, I don't deserve to be here, but I know there is a job to be carried out. So I will worship because I know that's what God would want me to do. My form of worship is doing what God would have me to do in a situation that I'm not sure what to do. But if I live this way at school or work, I know people will look down on me and I know people will make fun of me if I start telling the people that work for me about God and if I start witnessing to them just randomly, they may even persecute me or make fun of me. But knowing that there would be a den of lions awaiting his arrival if he prayed, Daniel still carried out the will of God. Still praying and seeking his face day and night, knowing the situation, knowing the circumstances. He didn't allow that to stop him because what he had to do was greater than the outcome if he did it. That is the importance of worship. As I begin to dig deeper on all of these biblical characters at once, 
it opened my eyes, and that's where I derived my opening scripture, if you could put that on the board for me, John 4 and 24. Now, you may call me backwoods, redneck, country, hillbilly, whatever you want to call me. But I always wondered about this scripture. So you're, you're a sinner. You wondered about a scripture. Well, I'll just be honest with you. I, would just, I always wondered about it. I just, there's some things in there that I just don't know. So I began to look at it, and I began to study it, and I began to dig deeper about it. And I, I really, I, I always understood the first part of it. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. So to me, that was kind of an easy giveaway being brought up in the church because whenever I associated the spirit, I always associated it with church, with the church body, with coming into church and worshiping God because I felt that's where I felt his spirit the most. That's where I felt him move the most. That's where I felt him change me. That's where I received the Holy Ghost. That's where I was baptized. That's where I received several things in my life. That's where I received direction It was easy to associate the first part of that scripture with church, worshiping him in the church, and that's what I always associated it with. But until now, I didn't really understand the second part, worshiping him in truth. And I pondered upon that for a long, long time. I I always said I understood it, but I just, I couldn't get it. Worship him in truth. What what did that mean? But then it kind of hit me. It's easy to worship in spirit. It's easy to worship when you get in church. And this is, this is Dylan's version of it. Take it for what it's worth. But it's easy to worship when you're in church, to me. It's easy to worship when you're around a bunch of people that are of like faith. It's easy. That's why the Bible says to come in one accord. One mind, one accord. It's easy. It makes the battle easier. It's simpler. It makes everything very simplistic when we come in one mind and one accord and we go together and we begin to worship and we begin to praise and we begin to magnify the Lord. But it's not always easy in truth because it's true that there are hard times in life. It's true that we face or have faced financial difficulties in our life. It's true that we have lost loved ones that have been with us for years and years. It's true that there is heartbreak and there is things that happen in our life that you can just absolutely not plan for. But yet it's true that in the midst of my problems, I must worship. It's true that in the midst of my situations, I must worship. It's true that in the middle of heartbreak, I must worship. It's true that in the midst of financial situation and crisis, I must worship. It's true in the middle of losing a loved one that I must worship. I must worship in spirit and I must worship in truth. Whether the truth be good, whether the truth be bad, whether the truth be ugly, whether the truth be death, whether the truth be heartache, God, I must worship you despite what I go through. Every spirit, every truth, God, I will worship you. No matter what stage of life you may find yourself in, worship will always, 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 always be the answer. Worship will always be the answer. 
And I'm getting ready to close if the musicians will come quickly. The word worship. And I don't do this very often, but I begin to just study out the word worship. 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 We say it all the time, but what, what does... We've already described what Webster calls it, but where does, this, where does the word even come from? What, what is worship? Worship comes from the Latin word worth-ship. Worth-ship. And today, this morning, I face you with the question, what is worship worth to you? What is worship worth to you? Is it worth persecution? Yes. To me it is. Is it worth me worshiping in all truths, whether they're good or they're bad? To me, yeah, it's worship. It's worth it. Is it worth going against the grain of society to worship him with my whole life? With the way that I talk, with the way that I act, with the way I conduct myself, with the way I dress, with how I, my, my attitude. Is it worth me worshiping him with my whole body? Has he really been that good to me that I can say he is worthy of all of my worship? You see, Mr. Tackus was one of the best of his time because he made up in his mind that no matter what it took, that trophy was worth every bit of his time. He ate shooting. He, he slept. He dreamt about shooting. He, he thought about it all the time. How can I be better? How can I do better? How can I overcome this physical obstacle in my life? And no matter what he had to do to obtain that golden medal, he was going to do it because he determined that it was worth his time. And this morning, will you decide that worship is worth your time or will we shrug it off again because it's almost lunchtime and, and I, have to, I have to be there uh, right, right, right just in here in a few minutes and I've gotta, I've got, I don't have time really to worship this morning because other things. What on God's green earth, Lord? What could be more important than worshiping you? Lord God, have I been so constricted to a time clock that I can't take time out of my day and worship you, Jesus? God, have I just taken for granted that church will be here on Sunday morning, God? I don't even want to show up to Sunday night and Wednesday, God, because I just take for granted Sunday morning is going to be here and that's when I'm going to worship. Oh, but God, I don't want to take you for granted, Jesus. I want to worship you with my whole heart. Whatever it takes, God. You deserve the worship. Oh, well, I've got things to do. I, I've got things that I need to do. I, you know, I don't really have. You only have things to do because God allows those things to be in your life, baby. And if you, oh, God, Lord Jesus. 
Lord, don't let me set aside my worship for earthly pleasures ever, 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 ever. Lord, I don't want to set aside my worship. I don't want to become so cold and so numb to worship God that it just becomes something we do before Sunday morning service. But Lord Jesus, let my life be a direct mirror of what you've done for me and who I think you are. Lord Jesus, and if I think you small, then I'll only worship you when it's convenient. But if I think you big, God, then I'll worship you with my whole heart. I'll worship you with everything inside of me, God. I want to worship you, Jesus. You're worth it. You're worth my worship. You're worth my worship, God. And if you're too worried, I want to share with you something. I want to tell you a secret about worship. You'll find that, and I used to sit, <laughs> I, before we moved here, I used to sit with my grandmother and I would just, I would just talk with her. And every day I would, I would visit her before my family moved. And I would just, just visit. It was, it was aimless. It was, it, we were just talking. And despite all of her problems and her legs were, she had problems with her legs and oh, she would, you know, she would complain about her legs. She couldn't feel them. They were swelling up on her. She had diabetes. She, she was just in a, in a bind. And she said, but Dylan, you know, everything's going to be all right. She said, because God is greater. Because God is greater. And I don't have to worry about any of that. And it's then that I realized that you know, those that worship don't worry. Those that live a life of worship don't worry. Because when the Bible says, oh, come and magnify the Lord with me, it doesn't mean, oh, come and let's make God bigger because we can't make God bigger than he already is. He's already the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We can't make him any bigger. But what it's meaning when it says, oh, come and magnify the Lord with me, he's simply saying, let's worship God. Because the more we worship God, the less we see our problems through our perspective. And the more we see our problems through his perspective. And when you look at your problems through the eyes of God, you realize how small they really are. And this morning, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And, and these altars are open if you, if you desire to come here and worship after this morning. But, but, but I, I want you to understand this morning that if you worship in spirit and in truth today, could it be that your Monday would be that much easier? If you worship Monday in spirit and in truth, could it be that your Tuesday goes a lot smoother? Could it be that if you worship in spirit and in truth all the days, of the week that your life in general could be that much easier what if I told you every physical situation and every problem in your life every infirmity and every spiritual wall that you keep hitting when you try to get into the presence of God if all of that could diminish with just worshiping his name 
What if I told you that, that those, those problems that you have in your family that have been going on for so long, what if I told you that if you could just worship, that all things would fade away to the wayside if you could just worship? What if I told you that that lost son or that lost daughter or, or mother or father that has been lost for a long time, what if I told you that if you would just begin to worship, that if you would just begin to praise in their behalf, that things would begin to turn around in your family? I'm talking to people this morning only if you really want to worship only if you know that God has been good to you only if you know that God is greater than your circumstance and your problems Lord I want to thank you this morning Lord I want to thank you for everything you've done in my life God because everything I have is nothing of my own Lord Jesus but it's because you have granted it it's because you have allowed it to happen God and I worship you Lord Jesus but I understand that words are just words so this week God when I leave this place Lord Jesus I'll begin to offer up a sacrifice of praise with my life Lord Jesus and I'll begin to worship you with my whole heart and I'll begin to worship you with my spirit and my thoughts and my minds the way I act will be different the way I talk will be different the way I conduct myself will be different, Lord Jesus, because I want to worship you. I don't want to worship you because it's what the preacher preached on Sunday or Wednesday. I don't want to worship you with my whole life because it's just, that's how it is. But because, God, you are really worth it. That's the only reason. That's the only reason, God. I don't want to cut you short. I don't want to sell you short, God. I want to give you more. I want to give you more than anything you've ever given me, God. I know I'll never do it, but Lord Jesus, all you require of me is to worship you. Worship you with my whole heart, with my whole mind, with all of my spirit, God. With everything that I am, God, I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you. I magnify you. I glorify that name. Jesus, you're great. You're great, Jesus. You're great, Jesus. Hallelujah.